Welcome to Financial Foresight. This podcast was made by four fee-only CFP professionals to help consumers understand the financial industry. Let's meet your hosts. They're either naive, they're stupid, or they're lazy. You know, the other thing is, is uh, my ceiling fan just went out in my kitchen today. He is the commander in chief on this video right now. And uh, man, I am feeling controlled and empowered and safe. Don't stop for Dwight's baby. We can edit that out. (laughs) All of the podcast hosts are owners of RIAs registered in their respective home states. All commentary on this podcast represent the opinions of individuals and not their firms. All commentary is financial education, not financial advice. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Working from home is great, but uh, we always recorded this podcast from home, so there's literally no change for us. So we are glad that you're tuning in, but we are going to talk about coronavirus impacts because how can you not? It's literally going to be the biggest thing that uh, our generation and any generation that's alive right now is going to talk about. So it's going to be bigger than probably the great financial crisis, 9-11, all these different things. It's going to be talked about for, for the rest of time. So with that, there's a handful of articles. We'll have discussion. It's going to be a lively chat and we'll kind of see where it goes. But Ian, you shared a handful of articles that were really, really profound and good talking about some of the effects that uh, coronavirus will have on just future work and, and what that looks like. Yeah. So I guess let's start with the fortune article. So this article is called... Um coronavirus may finally force businesses to adopt workplaces of the future. And I think this is an interesting topic because when we talk about the coronavirus, there's a lot of negative effects, right? Um, Obviously it's a virus, so it's not great. But on top of that, there are some things that are coming out of um, this, this change that might be positive. So what the fortune magazine article mostly talks about is flexible work environments and work from home work environments, which had already become somewhat popular in certain tech companies and circles, but a lot of, uh, we'll call them traditional companies (laughs) and corporations had not yet made the shift to allow their employees to work in whatever way best suited them. And the interesting thing about this is whether we're, out of you know the office for a month or two months or six months this is going to prove to some of those companies that their employees can actually be productive from home and then the companies have some incentives right to not provide office space frankly because office space is expensive it's not cheap so if you're sitting there and you're you know ceo at a company with 50 employees you never thought your employees could work from home and be as productive as they were then they go home and they are as productive. Do you have your office space? Like what goes on? So do you guys have any thoughts on working from home and how that culture is going to change in our country as a result of this? I just hope people figure out how to use zoom. (laughs) Yeah, definitely bullish on zoom. Uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, some of, like you said, a lot of, uh, of the traditional companies that maybe really believe that in order to, uh, be productive. You have to breathe, you know, office space air. Hopefully this is going to kind of push that, uh, in a a direction that allows people to, you know, have a little more flexibility and kind of increase that work-life balance and flexibility. And even if you're still working the same number of hours, uh, just being able to do it on your time. And maybe some people like to, you know, send their kid off to school or they want to work out in the morning or whatever the case is, 
that's that's awesome and this is a really great introduction kind of a forced introduction to that uh and and it definitely does probably force some companies or at least will initiate the conversation of taking a look at their overhead uh which which is always healthy if you're able to cut some expenses and maybe take some positive feedback out of uh what would be looked at as a, a pandemic here uh you know what's what's focus on some of the positive I'm bearish. I'm going to take the other side uh, for the sake of this argument here. But uh, I think that, yeah, there's going to be some good stuff on here. I think like, again, I, you know, everyone, for folks that have been listening as a C, you know, I'm a CPA here, but when a lot of the bigger audits they're done is like looking at companies, businesses, like contingency plans and internal controls and everything. So I think this is one of those areas where, Hey, you know, are these things really working and does remote work help um, provide, you know, uh, better ways to, to work during things like this. But, um, I guess I would just say that I think there's a lot of people that are already annoyed doing it. I do. We kind of were talking about this before we hit record, but like, there's a big difference between working from home with your kids running around the house versus like working from home, uh, on the regular. Um, but there's plenty of folks too, that are work, you know, that work, work remotely, which I think is much different uh, than work from home. So in terms of like, what does that overhead look like? I guess I'd be kind of curious because if you've got 30 employees and they're all, you know, at WeWork or somewhere, like, do you end up paying more? So is it just better just to have everybody come into one office? So I think it's just going to open up some of that flexibility. Um, but I do think it'll at least spur the conversation, um, and probably push, uh, some of these more traditional places to kind of say, Hey, what can we do? How can we do it? But I'm not sure if it's going to necessarily push it all the way over where everybody's going to be working remotely all the time. Um, I, some other stuff that I've been listening to, especially from accountants, some have been, some have been pushing more remote work or saying that this might actually, uh, put push things backwards um, because a lot of places are going to be like, so you didn't work. It's like, well, you had to try to figure out how to do remote work in three days, which you sh you know, probably going to should be taking months to be thinking about doing. So, um, right. you know, so I just hope that doesn't end up being the case. Exactly. Like I hope that doesn't right. become the thing like, you know, yeah, well, I mean, it didn't work. Well, <laughs> wasn't thought out. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, to address one of your points about childcare when working from home, I thought that XY Plating Network actually did a really good job of this with their internal staff. And I know we shamelessly plug XY sometimes because we all have firms that are uh, assisted by them. But the, the policy from XY was that they will pay $10 an hour up to 40 hours a week for a household to have a babysitter come in if their employee is working from home and has kids. And I think that that's a great way to approach it. It's less expensive than office space. Office space is probably way more expensive than that if you're paying for a high dollar, nice place for your employees to work. And it still uh, fills that need and lets them know that they care about the productivity time that you're spending. So I think it's great. My, I have a couple different thoughts in a couple different angles. I think culture is hard to, to build if you have a remote workforce and kind of getting that uh, camaraderie mm -hmm. there. So that's one thing that I would worry about a little bit, just because I think about like even our relationships, I think we all became closer and better friends when we were able to meet in person in St. Louis for the first time versus we would always stayed remote and never met each other. Yeah, you still have those good relationships, but it's just different when you're in person. So at least trying to have some semblance of that. And maybe it's a co-working space. Again, I'm a big fan of that because I work out of a co-working space. That's wonderful. And if I need to meet in person, I have a great room and set up and I like 
also getting out of the house and kind of separating that work from work and home environment at times. Cause like, yeah, right now with all of us being at home, it's, we were joking before we hit record. It's pretty much for me, wake up work. And then at the end of the day, I kind of wind down and then work more. It's so it's just as much, if not more, just knowing that I'm at home and can't really go do anything. Um, the second thing is it's interesting in markets like this where you'll have, you know, the, the dramatic sell off and people kind of lose their minds and hair on fire and all that other stuff. And then there's these knock on effects where people will come out and I saw, uh, an individual that I, I continue to see and it drives me a little nuts not to get into that rabbit hole, but he's much more of like, get your money out of the market, put it in real estate only. Like that's the way to do it. That's how you build wealth. And we've all had that real estate conversation and, and these other conversations before, but I think that could be an, uh, impacted down the road. So if you think about all these different, you know, commercial real estate spots, if these businesses go out of business and don't return and you're the landlord, well, you're shit out of luck now. Like it doesn't change and it's a lot harder to, then turn around and sell that. And again, I understand there are a ton of advantages and depending on the type of real estate you own, there's obviously, you know, going to be different types. So I don't want to paint it all with one brush, but I think that's important to think about this change too, is if there's people that own a lot of, you know, nice office space and no one is using it, that could be very damaging for those real estate investors. And hopefully they can figure out a way that they can then, you know, 1031 it to go somewhere else and, and continue to defer all their taxes for, for the future, which is a great way of being able to do that. So those are the two thoughts that I had culture and then the, the real estate investor piece. Well, culture is huge. Right. And I think like even XY, they've, people have kind of asked them, Hey, you guys are moving all those folks to Bozeman. And, and they've said that like, Hey, look, we are, we are located in Bozeman. And generally the answer is we're going to hire people to be here with some exceptions. Um, but we service people remotely. And um, you know, like I've got business owner clients, um, even myself that runs an accounting firm where I service people remotely. Uh, but I, you know, talk to some folks that do business process outsourcing and they're like, yeah, we could work remotely, but everybody's basically taking a straw poll and said like, no, we want to like, we want to be together for that cultural piece. And like, if we need to work from home because there's a snowstorm and roads suck out here or whatever, then that's fine. That's more of a contingency thing. But um, you know, so I do think there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to be like, eh, maybe he's not as cracked up as I think so. But, and some of this, and to your point about the commercial real estate, I am somewhat cynical, uh, Isaiah, just because it's like, okay, great. You're the business owner. You also own the real estate on this, which is a sweet tax, uh, and wealth building plan. Um, so you're probably going to be less incentivized to allow folks to work from home. If you have to hold this building that like, who are you going to rent it to? So, um, Touché. <laughs> Uh, no, that's totally fair. And for the record, my take is not that I think this is going to move our entire country to 100% work from home. I don't think that's ever going to happen because people are social creatures. And so we want to be around each other anyway. Um, but what I would say is that I think it the best thing that could come out of this is that a lot of those more traditional companies move away from you have to punch the clock 40 hours a week in our office space. Like, sure, yep. you, they may require you to work 40 hours a week, but what if you worked, you know, different hours than you like could have? Like, why do you need to work a nine to five anymore in the modern economy unless you literally have a job related to being available for clients, right? Or customers. It, it just doesn't, it just doesn't gel with the way that the world really works anymore. But there are still a lot of companies that are like, we want you to have eight hour days with a half hour lunch break and da, 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 da. And it's like that. Why? So that, that was more my take is that I think it's going to push people in the direction of more flexible work arrangements because they're going to realize that their employees were so like 
sure this first couple of weeks is going to be really rough for almost every employee that's working from home right now that wasn't used to it. But after a period of time, they'll get back to being productive. And once they hit that point, if their employers are seeing that productivity, then they'll be less concerned about, well, did you physically step foot in the office 40 hours a week? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. that, that would be my hope because I know that's problematic for a lot of employees. They don't really like that part of their culture. Yep. I, I mean, think it's, it's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, one thing that I've noticed and I think we'll see an uptick and I would go long. This part of the, the market is good, solid uh, office chairs. So the one that I have, my butt hurts so bad because it's fine for like a day or two, but man, day after day after day, <laughs> thing is not built for, for multiple day use. I'm like, this thing is awful. So yeah. good. You're office. starting to remember you're not 17 anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I see your, uh, your office chair and pun intended raise you to a stand-up desk. Yeah. Mm, yep, now yep. you're talking. I got this guy for 300 bucks on Amazon self-assemble took me like an hour with an Allen wrench that included in the package. And, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, been a game changer. You mean they threw in the 20 cent Allen wrench for free? Yes. Yes. Wow. They did. <laughs> included. It was great. Cool. Yep, no, I think it'll, it play. it'll stir some of that conversation. I think part of what you were saying, Ian is a good point. Like, why do we have to work 40 there? I do find it interesting though. Like there are firm, like for example, accounting firms that are like, no, like we are doing this like nine to five, this traditional thing because we want people to shut off. Like five mm. o'clock you're done. We don't want clients sure. emailing us because especially like mm. if you're an emergency room doctor, totally, you go to work, it's stressful. You're there for your 12 hours and you go home. Like, but there's, mm. you know, I mean, and I'm, overgeneralizing. So please emergency docs don't like flame me here. Um, you know, like if you're a dentist, like you're not, you've got stuff to do, but like, it's not, I mean, how many people have ever emailed their dentist? Like I never have, but my point is like, if you're an accountant, if you're a financial advisor, like, you know, consultant a marketing, whatever the situation is, like you could end up in a situation where you never turn off. And so, um, again, I, you know, I've talked to clients where they're like, yep, we could do this all day long, but we are very specific that it is from seven 30 until five 30. And that is it. And like anybody that emails us on, you know, five Oh one on Friday, like we don't get back to them until on Monday because like, we're not setting that precedent. There are no emergencies. Like, you know, we want our, we want our staff to be able to like turn off. And if you're always at home, we've talked about this before, it's really easy to walk by the home office and be like, I'm going to sit down and like do this real quick and spend 30 minutes doing it. And that's, that's not really healthy. So I don't know. It's at least going to, it's, it's starting the conversation, right? Like that's like, how does this look? What does this look like? Yeah, for sure. Continuing um, the positive in maybe the Corona here, would you guys, uh, how do you guys feel? Is it, is it too early? I, I know that's kind of maybe a, a silly thing to say to, to start pulling a ton of positive here of like seeing everyone band together of like, Hey, we're going to get through this. Or, or are you guys not really feeling that? I mean, there's both, right? Like there, there are some really unfortunate things going on. Um, the virus is still spreading. So there's negative things, of course. Mm-hmm. But when there, there are also examples of people doing really good things because there always are. And mm-hmm. they don't get publicized sometimes or you don't hear about them as much because it's kind of a doom and gloom mentality throughout the country right now. But like there are good moments going on. One of, one of the other really good examples of, thing, of something that's been really positive is like cities with high pollution right now have seen like 
80, 90% drops in their air pollution over the period of time that people have been like quarantined. Like China has had a gigantic drop in air pollution. Air quality is better there right now than it's ever been. Well, not ever, but has been in the last 10 years. So it really makes me feel, uh, it kind of makes, I don't know, for lack of better words, uh, bullish on like our ability to change when needed. Like think if like everyone was like, oh my gosh, we have like this, I don't know, bad example, but social security, we're not going to be able to make the payment or whatever the case. It's like everyone band together, stop spending so much, everyone save or everyone donate or whatever the case. Like if we all had to do something, it's just amazing how connected we are. And I don't know, just even in like in the social media uh, world, uh, if you look back, you know, a hundred years ago with like the swine flu, like, or I mean, not the swine flu, the Spanish flu of all these people getting sick and they don't know why they're unable to communicate. Uh, you know, we're, we're just on a totally different level. It's amazing how quickly we can spring into action. And uh, I know, I know that we always kind of make fun of, uh, of Washington and you know they're always kicking the can down the road and in a lot of cases they deserve that but uh, I don't know I, I just I feel like a lot of people have implemented such change so quickly and here we are helping everyone out we got Mark Cuban talking about trying to continue to pay the employees and and talking about how we can like you know take companies are talking about paid time leave instead of just like firing people or laying people off it's like all right everyone can take their two weeks at different times of when they're not going to be paid so that not everyone is not paid at the same time like trying to spread that out like so many different creative ways to really band together and get through it so i don't know i've i've just felt like there's been a quite a bit of camaraderie especially with all of like this polar opposite uh you know democratic debate stuff going on and who's going to defeat trump and you know how terrible he is and here we are at the same time, we're all humans, you know, whether you believe one way or another, we're all trying to be positive here and we all want a better life for our loved ones and really for each other at the end of the day. Uh, I just feel like there is a couple of shining moments like that. So you're bullish on human adaptability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yep. I think we're, we got a few more years on this planet. We're going to make it. Or we won't. It won't matter anyway then. So, <laughs> right, and then no one will remember that I said this. <laughs> there is, but the risk reward live, in that statement is great. You should play that clip over <laughs> if, if we live, if we all live, I told you so. <laughs> if not, well, yeah. well, leave it to one of us to bring in the nihilistic take to just overcrowd that. I was actually had an interview with somebody who reached out to XY as a reporter last week where they asked me about, you know, should people be afraid of the down market and stuff? And I said, well, frankly, it's going to go back up if it's anything like the history or it's not and we're all screwed anyway. Yeah. So like if the entire U.S. economy fails, good luck. Yeah. It's not your guns and butter portfolio is going to be tough. Yeah. Like, what do you want? <clears throat> right. Your cash, unless it's a fire starter, you know, is worthless. And those gold bars, you know, under your bed, you know, you could probably use them as a weapon. Yeah. Blunt weapons. But, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, other than that, you know, it's not like your gold bars, you're going to be able to go to this, you know, perfectly run grocery store and be like, I know cash is gone, but here's my gold bar. Can I have yeah. some, you know, vegetables? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah 
No, I think like folks are like seeing, I don't know. I mean, I see my neighbor. I'm pretty friendly with my neighbors anyway, but it's just people are getting out. It's nice out here, except for today it's snowing. But, uh, you know, I feel like people are outside. They're doing their social distancing, but I feel it just seems like people are like waving you know, from across the cul-de-sac. Yeah, or just saying hi across the trail just because, you know, so it just seems like people are like, hey, I haven't talked to my, you know, quote, neighbors like, you know, like this ever. And um, so, which is probably a good thing. Hey, we're going to the store. Do you guys need anything? Like, you know, let me suit up and stock up on toilet paper. I don't know, whatever. So, so if I may, not to cut you off there, Dwight, but I feel like we should get into the second article eventually. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, so the next one is from Blair Ducanet um, at blairbellcurve.com. And the article is called Panic Mode. And I think it's an interesting article. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to read it, but it's interesting because it highlights something that's really important about um, what's going on right now, which is basically that people are going to have this overwhelming sense of like just general far off anxiety and making sure to respond to that in healthy ways is a really, really good thing. Um, You know, all of our normal rituals are canceled, whether you were a sports fan, whether you are somebody who likes to go to the gym often, whether you're somebody who was looking forward to a new movie that's coming out in a year. None of those things are going to happen on schedule anymore. And so developing good habits to take care of yourself and not letting that panic mode kind of overwhelm you is, is a really important and a really good thing to focus on. Um, reducing that stress, that stress hormone in your body, um, taking care of yourself physically is a big deal. Self-care is not selfish. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I run often, maybe not as much as I'd like to, but and outside, I don't hate treadmills. I hate gyms. Uh, but I just like looked at my run yesterday and like pulled up my Strava flybys and it's just like, there's like 30 people and out here in Boulder, that's kind of common anyway, but it just, it's like even more so on a whatever, what was yesterday? When, what was yesterday? Like <laughs> in the middle of the week. Um, it's just crazy. So it's, people are figuring things out, but yeah, you're right. Ian, like you got to find something. Yeah. And I think again, fan favorite for me, Dr. Daniel Crosby had a really good tweet talking about how to manage emotion, exercise still, you know, limit caffeine and alcohol, which it's easy if you just hang out at home, drink a bunch of coffee and then be like, okay, I'm going to wind down, have a glass of wine, have whatever, you know, think about don't react right away, take a walk, you know, these different things. He had a really good tweet about the 10 different things to do. So, you know, those are mine that, uh, I think it's super important. And uh, I just keep thinking as we're, you know, doing this and, and adding video into the, the podcast, it's funny. They talk about like, don't touch your face. And I just touch my face all the time. So I'd be toast if I have anything. Yeah, that's actually been the hardest adaptation for me. No doubt. Uh, I do a lot of virtual meetings and stuff. And I find myself like resting my head on my hands between meetings because I'm just decompressing or something. And I'm like, I shouldn't be doing that. That's it's not a good behavior, but there was like, I should try to find it, but there was like some study and this was outside of all of this it was like before all this. And it was just like, Oh, like, you know, I'm an adult. I don't pick my nose. I don't 
touch my face. And they just basically just monitored people in a regular office environment and how often they like just, you know, unknowingly touch their face. So it's just like, well, that's a great idea. It's just very difficult to not do. I mean, it's mentally exhausting to be thinking about it the whole time. So yeah, you got to get those dog collars. Like that's what right. I mean. <laughs> don't, don't scratch up here. Like that would be what I would have to do if I was going to sit and not touch my face all day. I saw Put a, a plastic bag over that. your head would be fine. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. Tie it real tight. <laughs> Tie it real tight. Shark tank. <laughs> I saw a comic about that where the dog was putting it on the human and yes. they were like, it's for your own good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. need that. Any, uh, any good tweets? I know we're a little, uh, uh, little different, a little out of order. Anyone have anything good that they want to share? They saw recently. Man, we're lost without our random generator. We really are. And it's almost like it's online and we could be using it right now. <laughs> but that would imply that we came to this prepared with tweets. <laughs> oh, I got one. I got Go one. for it. Run, random run generator us. picked me. That's odd. Hmm. <laughs> um, it's what, from Ryan What did Crosby say? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already used my one Crosby uh, per this yeah, episode. Yeah, I'll yeah, wait yeah. for another episode. How about Meb? What's he got? Nope, not Meb either. Um, so Ryan Holiday, who uh, does a lot of the like stoicism uh, things and written books and has podcasts, all that good stuff. He talked sure. about things I've learned from Tim Ferriss. And I think about uh, Tim Ferriss was kind of who I originally got interested in podcasts and reading his books and different things. So I thought it was very interesting. And he kind of lists these different things. So these are things he learned from Tim Ferriss. Batch activities together. Treat everyone like they can put you on the front page of the New York Times unreasonable goals, drive accomplishment, get a win every day, champion other people's work, try new things, eat right to feel right. And I like that tweet. I think it's great. It's easy to read that tweet and think, yeah, I'm going to do that stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like now go do that stuff is really hard, but it's a good reminder. So I liked it. I like that a lot. That's nice. Yeah. I actually really agree with a lot of that, but batching work has been a big deal for me becoming an entrepreneur. I'm so much more productive if I'm focusing on only content in a day or only client appointments during a day or whatever. I am mm-hmm. very ineffective if I have five unrelated tasks that I need to get done during the day. It, it, those tasks will take me five times as long as they would have if they were part of a related set of activities. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah, just even sticking with that, it is almost uh, at least the last couple of days. I know our work, or at least my work schedule, hasn't changed too much. But just knowing that I have kind of nothing to uh, get me out of the house at the end of my quote-unquote workday has kind of expanded and allowed me to a little bit procrastinate. And it's amazing how if you don't have that deadline or like, oh my gosh, like I got to get this thing done by five thirty because then we're going. Uh, you know, for a walk or going out to eat or whatever the case, I don't know, or just meeting up with friends, uh, not having that mental deadline, or I guess it is really just a deadline really does kind of uh, bog down the work schedule here. And I I find myself working like longer, but maybe less productive. Yeah, it's amazing how you can, whatever you need to do will fill up how much time you have. So it's like, I need to get this task done. It's like, all right, well, I've got eight hours. It can take me all eight hours. But if I had an hour. theory on that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a name for that. I forget it. Getting shit done. There you (laughs) go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Is there anything else we want to cover today, boys? That's all I had. Wash your hands. Don't touch your your hands. hands. Actually, uh, League of Legends, which is my favorite eSport, had a tournament this week called the Wash Your Hands Tournament (laughs) because the regular regular, uh, schedule was disrupted by the coronavirus, so the pros weren't playing in the studio, so they put together a fan-made tournament, and it was awesome. Yeah, that seems cool. like something that would be able to work remotely, like still do tournaments remotely. But well, so they the reason they all play locally is because they play on zero ping, so yep. like the internet speed is instant. So they're coming back this weekend with revised rules based on the fact that there will be some lag for the pros. Um, but they wanted to give them a week to adjust to playing not instant speed games, basically. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they took a week off. And then also they wanted to quarantine the pros to make sure none of them became symptomatic over the week because they're all in uh, LA, which uh, is, is also shut down. So anyway, yeah, well, I guess it's been a good week, guys. Thanks for the conversation. Yep. Till next time. Thanks so much for listening. We hope we were able to make you laugh and allow you to learn something. For all inquiries and questions, please email financialforesight at gmail.com. If you're on Twitter, feel free to give us a follow and ask a question there as well. Remember the podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only, and you should not consider what we've talked about investment or tax advice. Please consult your professional team before implementing anything we talked about. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and maybe leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and thank you so much for listening. We'll be talking again soon.